everybody. I'm Kelly Wilkness, and I am here with my friend, Nita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today is episode 300. Can I get a shout out for 300 episodes? Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're rocking on. And today we're talking about collecting and we're giving you tips on how to do it right. Now, we don't want you to think we're bipolar or anything because our last episode was about purging. (laughs) (laughs) Get rid of it and now get some more. Get some more of it and then get rid of it again. Yes. It does sound a little bipolar. I'm not going to lie. No, but I think in the last episode that you, so if you're listening to these in in order, you know, this is how you're hearing them. It's kind of funny. But Anita made an excellent point in the last episode of how collecting is very different than just having a lot of extra stuff around your house that you don't really even like. Yeah. Well, I mean, collecting, that's really focusing on the things that you love, but it's not just buying something because you have a blank spot or, oh, I heard this was trendy. So if I put this in my house, it'll, you know, it's, it's about not just buying stuff because it's the color scheme in your house or because it's on trend that year. It's about buying things that are meaningful to you. Right. And that's what it's about. Uh, things that, as they say, bring you joy, things that you adore. And I am famous for collecting dishes. I love dishes and I have had dishes for a long time. And probably because my biggest passion is decorating. My second biggest passion is cooking and baking. So I do, I don't put it on my blog because uh, my readers kind of told me they didn't want to they didn't want cooking from me. So I don't put it on my blog, but I do love it. And I love the dishes. And you probably collect something yourself. And today, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, just kind of how to do it without, um, you know, overdoing or underdoing. Right. So wherever you are, you're at the gym, you're walking your dog, you're in your house, everybody sort of say out loud, what do you collect or what do you want to collect? And let's, you know, so as you're listening to the episode, think about what we're saying in terms of that thing, whatever that thing is. What Um, do you collect, Kelly? Well, you know, I'm not a huge collector in the sense of being a very serious, you know, collector of something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like well, people yeah, collect coins about, and things yeah, like no, that. No, we're not talking right. about that. So I, at little, I, lo- I have this thing about little white pitchers and oh, well, yeah. flower frogs. Oh, I've got, see, maybe I've got like four or five flower frogs, but I just kind of happened on them. I wouldn't call it a collection, but I do... I do love those. And you know, I love collecting antique linen, napkins, bedspreads, not bedspreads, but more napkins and uh, sheets with the monograms on them. I just Mm -hmm. adore those old monogram things. Right. So, you know, in terms of like the way I would say I collect, it's more what am I really drawn to and what is something that from my perspective is small enough and displays well all together. Mm-hmm. You know, something that has a bigger impact when there there's uh, there's a multitude of them. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way I, I started collecting the little white pictures because I have a long thin shelf that I put over those factory metal factory doors that are in my kitchen, and it needed something up there. But I didn't want anything that would take away from the doors. Uh, but I felt like it needed something. So white pictures was perfect because it has a little texture. There, you know, you know, there's something there, but it's not jumping 
out at you and it's not taking away from the doors at all. So when I had this perfect spot, my, my, passion for these little white pictures. I don't know what it is about them that just gets me. And also you can pick them up for a dollar. So you're or talking about little little creamers. Really. Little creamers. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're I think probably the tallest one I have up there is maybe six inches and I have them in different size order. And I just love the idea of them all together and all the creamy whites and they're so pretty. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously people in the world, and I would venture to say people listening to us today who are very serious collectors. Mm-hmm. They collect something that, you know, is of value in and of itself and thereby having a collection of it, it is even, uh, you know, further increased in value. I was reading about a man, uh, one of the sites, it was an auction site that I went to, just just getting some ideas for the episode about, you know, the psychology of collecting and things like that. And I stumbled upon this site. Well, apparently there was this man, and I guess he's very famous in the coin collecting world. He is now deceased, but um, I can't remember his name. But anyway, he you know, like sort of put his family in hawk and, you know, kind of, you know, his whole life's work was to collect these coins. And I, I think the story kind of goes is that he kind of dissed his family a lot because he was such an avid collector. And at the end of the day, the collection of coins that he had amassed was $345 million worth of of coins. Uh, did he sell it or did he just They it? got it. So he spent his life. Oh, so, you mean, so he collected it. He didn't sell it, but then when he passed yeah, away. Yeah, but they, when he, his oh, legacy, wow. he left them this legacy. So I guess, you know, the whole time, his wife was probably like, hey, he's out collecting coins, picking up dimes off the street or something. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, you know, at the end of the day, although, you know, probably Whoa. rather have your dad present than, uh, you know, all those coins, but that's a whole different kind well, of Well, and I doubt he spent that kind of money buying all of Oh, that. no, no. It was, right. I mean, you know, it's a short article about him, but there was some Canadian penny. And I, you know, I don't know why that particular, it was like from the 30s. So you're like, that's not even that old. But it, it went But from, if it was rare, yes, then that's the what penny itself like. went for like over $50,000. One penny. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not really the kind of collecting I do. Right. I well, just- Something I'm drawn to, I like to have it where it's small enough where, and yeah, I don't, I have to spend a lot of money on it. And so it's, you know, not even like a guilt purchase. And then I like to, to show them on moss. Well, I think what makes me sad probably makes you sad too. And that oh, is the idea. Well, when someone collects something. <laughs> oh, don't go, up, no, no, don't do it. No, it's going to make me sad. I know. Collects, I know what you're going to say. Collects things, wraps them up. <laughs> puts them in a box, puts them in their attic, and never looks at them again. That's what oh, makes I didn't, me okay. sad. Okay, that that would make me sad too, but that's not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say like when somebody spends their life collecting stuff and then nobody in their family wants it. Oh, that happens too. But you know, I don't know. That doesn't seem to be as big a deal. Well, Oh my God, no. And we dealt with that because my mother-in-law threw nothing out. So we had a collection of cards from 1953 or something. Okay, but that's different. What I'm talking about is like when you see, like I go to so many estate sales, right? And when you see see a collection Mm -hmm. where someone has loving, you know, you're going into an estate sale, so you're normally going to the person's home and you see that this person has obviously collected blank, you know, fill it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they have so many of them. And 
and you know that they took time and care and they loved this. And then it, like, you know, they're selling it in an estate sale. And actually one day I came out of one and was a lady. She was, I'll never forget. It was like the, um, purple glass. So she had so much purple glass, all different little pictures and vases and plates and blah, blah, blah. And I bought a little piece of, I don't even like purple glass. <laughs> and I bought a piece of it because I just thought, Oh my gosh, like everyone's passing it by at this estate sale to go. You felt sorry for the purple. I did. And I went in my car and I started to cry because I thought (laughs) this lady, this little old lady, she spent her whole life, you know, imagine where she went and she brought home a pair of purple glass and she was so excited about it and nobody even cares. Well, that makes me less sad. And here's why (laughs) it does. I'm just going to tell you because if you're, if you're collecting something, you're collecting it for yourself. And then when you pass away, you know, does it really, I mean, if you're in heaven, do you care what happens to your stuff? I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be thinking about that. Now, my mother-in-law, she was obsessed with us keeping all of her stuff, but, but I'm thinking, why do you even care? You're not going to need it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I'm just, (laughs) well, no, I know. As my mother jokes about her hummels and because she knows. And so, I mean, I'm not going to want her hummels. (laughs) I, I mean, I already told Evie, I mean, when I'm gone, you know, it do, I don't care. give it all to Kelly. <laughs> yeah, give it to Kelly. Vice <laughs> versa, you can have my stuff too. As long as I just want to make sure if she sells the stuff that she knows what the stuff is valuable and what isn't. Oh but, yeah, you know. But other than that, I don't really care. I because if it's going to burden her and stress her, oh my gosh, I feel like I have to keep everything, but I don't have room for it or whatever. Right. right. I don't. So, I don't. That yeah. just doesn't mean anything. I don't care about that. So really, my sadness is somebody spending all this time and effort collecting something that brings them joy, but then they're so afraid to use it like like nice dishes that they pack it away and they don't. Or maybe they are dishes that you put in your china cabinet, but you don't actually use them. I mean, I like, to me, if you have silver, use the silver. If you have china, use the china. If you have crystal, use it. If it breaks, it breaks, but at least you've enjoyed it. And so what if one piece breaks? You probably have a service for 12. You're probably not <laughs> going to use a service for 12, but right. you know, but look at what you joy you could have. And that's why I have my, you know, morning ritual of my, a beautiful teacup, a silver spoon, and I have a get out a pretty teapot and I have my tea every morning. Well, because here, what's the point of having it if you're not going to use it? Right. And uh, one of our listeners, Nikki G. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but Nikki wrote us and it maybe was not you know, her collection, but it was something she inherited from her grandma. So her uh, China collection, uh, which was fairly vast apparently. And um, she as, was inspired by decorating tips and tricks and things we talk about. So she took it out of the box. She's moved that China collection around for 20 years, she told us. And um, now she's using it. She sent us pictures oh. of it. Oh. She, they're using the small bowls for her ice cream with her and her kids, I believe. So, you know, like you're saying, if it gets broken, it gets broken. But she said it's even but at least more you fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it's even more fun to have the ice cream because it's in it. And this is just talk about the cherry on the ice cream Sunday. Nikki pulled out her grandma's vintage fur cape and used it as her tree skirt. I love that. Because we talked about that. And now she loves that people are commenting, whether they see the China collection or they saw the fur cape at Christmas time, and that she gets to talk to them about her grandma. How lovely is that? So, you know, whether it's a full-fledged collection or just something you've bought 
tucked away in a box, bring it out, enjoy it. If it's, you know, why not? Oh, yeah. And back to uh, my experience with the collecting of dishes, when I first started, I didn't, I never met a dish I didn't like. If I saw a dish at a thrift store, if it was, you know, in my price range, which meant cheap, I would buy it. And at some point I was, I had, it was an embarrassing amount of dishes that I had in my house. It was, it was too much. And it started to stress me. Where am I going to put all these? What am I going to do with them? And then I went to really the second stage of collecting. And that is the curation and the culling. And at that point, I said, you know what? I don't have room for all of this. I don't want to pack it up in boxes and put it in my attic. I'm just that I don't believe in that. If I'm not using it, I need to move it on to somebody else. So I gave away dishes. I sold dishes. I took stuff to the thrift store. And I probably got rid of um, at least half of my dishes, maybe even more, maybe more like three-fourths. But I kept the very the ones that meant the most to me my very, very favorite ones I kept. And, and I'm, it was, some people thought I was going to have a hard time letting go, but I didn't because I kept the really the best ones. And you know what? I think now my collection is just so much better because I don't, it's just not cluttered. Like we talked about, you don't want your closet cluttered. You don't want your collection cluttered either. You want to be curating and only keeping the most valuable, the ones that are most meaningful to you, the ones that are maybe the more unique things and, and let the other ones go on to somebody else to enjoy. No, I, I think that is so key. I mean, even museums have collection management policies. You know, they're not just, it wouldn't be as special if they had a zillion of things and if they had ones that are inferior quality. Mm-hmm. So that's like what you're seeing. You just kept the best of the best, the cream of the pr- crop. You you curated it. And let's face it, no matter how big your house is, you only just have so much room for X collection, dishes or whatever people collect. There's, you know, books even. There's, unless it's a very small thing like coins, but I think even if you're a coin collector, you're putting them in all these different cases and things like that, that could end up taking up a lot of room. So it's, it really is fun to collect things. It can add a lot of joy to your life. I, in fact, I love the thrill of the hunt. Every, every time I look at, you know, even one of those sort of white elephant tables at a yard sale or at the Rose Bowl, if I can spy a little white creamer or pitcher, you know, zoop, I'm right over. I just got one the other day at the thrift store when I was dropping things off. Yeah, I, I mean, when we went to Round Top, there were booths. I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't have time to go through that because I can tell it's like there's nothing there I want. Sure enough, she would zoom over there and she would just like a laser focus. She would find the one thing there that was good. And I'm like, oh, well, that is pretty good. And it's two bucks. Yeah. And it's two bucks. I'm like, that's oh, good. Well, that's good. I, I went clanking home from around up. You did. But, you know, but even and back to the dish thing, just to use that as an example, when I culled down or when I curated down to my favorite patterns, another thing I did was instead of keeping a service for 12 of the ones that I liked, I just kept a few. Mm. So that's another thing you can do is not just keep the best of the best, but say, you know what? I don't need five of this one particular thing. Maybe just one of this particular one in my big collection is all I need. So if you have duplicates, maybe pass those along. Yes. And I'm, I'm hearkening back. You said this, you know, when you got to stage two, which is this curation. And I, I think stage one is sort of the 
accruing, right? That's that's stage the, one is like you open your mouth and you shove everything in that you can. Right. That's kind of like stage one. No, yeah. it's true. When you first start to collect something, you say, oh, I'm going to collect this. And then, you know, you just want to keep adding. It's almost about the number. Mm-hmm. And so even though we like crazing and it must cool. be a human thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think it is. One of some of the articles I was reading about the psychology of collecting, but you know, we love crazing and some crackling and we love the patina on dishes and ceramics and stuff like that. Sometimes your stuff is just downright chipped and just doesn't even look good anymore. But in the beginning, you know, you might pick up that dish or you might pick up that white pitcher or you might, you know, pick up that book where the binding is really falling apart. So yeah, as you get more, um, items in your collection, then you can curate them down and see what is, you know, ones that are worth keeping, worth displaying. And if you are collecting something that is of value, then seeing, you know, which are the ones that are more valuable and why are they? And then you, maybe you'll be just you know, pickier or more discerning and you'll only choose those rather buy one or two of those than 10 of lesser value. If your intention down the line is to have a collection that is actually worth something other than just uh, either sentimental value or for display value. Yeah. And as you collect, I think you that's what happens the, after you have those first initial things. You think you start kind of educating yourself on the thing that you're collecting. And then you think, oh, well, I have this piece, but really this other piece is even better. It's even more beautiful or it's better thought of or whatever. So I think the curation is the second second phase. And 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 hopefully somewhere in there, you're either displaying them. Some of these things obviously are not things you can actually use. But if you can use the things, I mean, I think that's just a, a great thing to do if you can. And on the the linens, I do try to use those antique linen sheets and antique linen napkins and towels as much as I can. And there is a you know protocol for washing them. So it it can be done. And even if you had silverware, for example, it I do recommend hand washing. But you know, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. If you're putting soap in the sink and you throw it in there, just kind of a little swish in there, it doesn't usually take much to clean it. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. A funny thing happens too sometimes when people know you collect things. And I know I'm very particular about, you know, what even, you know, I'm collecting or what I put in my house, you know, or it's like Mm -hmm. I'm very much the person who wants to pick it out myself or be struck by it by myself. So it's kind of hard, you know, like, sure, give me a candle, thank you, or flowers. And I, I certainly am not saying I would turn my nose up to any gift anyone would ever give me. But if you have a collection and you have a, you've defined the scope of your collection, no matter what it is, if it's vintage postcards or I don't know, mid-century chairs or 
absolutely anything you could be collecting baskets. I don't know. Um, you're going to know, you know, what really sets your collection on fire and makes you happy or what the hole is, you know, which, oh, I want, you know, something that's taller. Or I want something that has this pattern on it. Like maybe you collect transfer wear or something and it's a certain color. It, some people find out you collect this thing and then they, I gift you stuff. And that's kind of awkward sometimes because you'll get something that doesn't really work. Well, but you know what? One time I had somebody wrote an article about me for one of the magazines and she saw that I loved purple dishes on my blog. She sent me her set of English purple transferware dishes. Stop it. No, it was really lovely. My yeah, it goodness. was Barbara. She's just such a Barbara? sweet, sweet person. Yeah. Barbara, really. come be my friend. Oh, <laughs> do you have any white pictures, Barbara? <laughs> Sometimes Barbara. people send you really nice things. So I'm, I'm not going to. So you know what? Kelly doesn't want your stuff. Send it to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. I don't mean to say that. Isn't that terrible the way I sound? But uh, no, no. I I think it's. Well, I know what you're saying. It might be something think that. enough mm-hmm. of you to, you know, that consider what you like enough. That is so lovely. And I don't want to come off like I sounded like an ingrate at all. I'm just saying, you know, when you have a collection, sometimes you're very particular about what no, I understood the thing what you is were that saying. you want to add, right? And you know, I had a friend that had one of those, do you remember those wooden angels that had the kind of the wire halos, I think, on them. I can't uh-huh. remember if they had a wire halo. But anyway, they were kind of wooden carved angels and they had different people, like little kids, moms and dads and right. blah, blah, blah. And I think she had one. Oh, 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 oh yes. I remember those. And ones. then everybody My started- mother-in-law liked those. And I, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she got tired of me giving and them And then to her. Everybody, everybody was like, oh, you like those. So then when <laughs> they would see them, that's what she would get. And she said, I really don't like them, but everybody thinks I do. And then she kept getting them. Isn't that funny? No, it is funny. And even, you know, this is a little bit off the collecting thing, but a girlfriend of mine, she had- cats. I mean, you know, not like a gazillion of them. She wasn't like a crazy cat lady, but she had like two or three cats. And then everything people That's would give her- That's like, enough for people to think you yeah, like them. Cats on, you know, uh, note cards and, you know, cat oven mitts and cat, you know, wool beanie and, you know, whatever. It just never yeah. ended. She mm-hmm. was like, what's with, the, what's with that with the cats? Like, stop. I, I like know. And cats. then if you get them, you kind of feel like you have to display them because so-and-so gave it to you. But then when you do, everyone's like, oh, you like all those, those cat things. problem, right? I You're know. the crazy cat lady. Well, speaking about being given something, it made me think of something I was given. And again, I didn't want to sound like an ingrate or anything, but anyone can send me a white picture if they'd like, and I will treasure it and love it. But I was sent a beautiful candle the other day from someone I met on Instagram, and they have a candle company. And it's the most delicious smelling hand poured candle uh, with a wooden wick. And it's from Back Roads Candle Company. And oh, I can oh, put the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's a Back Road Candle Company. And they're up in Napa in California. And we just sort of bumped into each other on Instagram. And I was offered this lovely candle. And so I just wanted to pass that along because that was such a sweet gift. And um, I might have to collect those candles because Mm -hmm. they are so beautiful. There you go. Oh, and I don't know if I had mentioned it before in the podcast, but the rug I designed for Dash and Albert is now available. And it's based on the grain sack design. I'll have a link for that as well. 
but that is available in a lot of different sizes. And you know, they made the rug out of linen, which <gasps> has, which I thought was weird. I said, because I'd never had a rug made out of linen before. And I said, well, wait a minute, is this going to stain? They said, no, it's like, wool it actually has those the uh, stain repellent properties mm-hmm. like the the oils kind of built in like a um like a wool rug has isn't that interesting well i think that's so fitting the way you feel about linen that's perfect I know. So, so i thought well wow. okay we can all order the rug and walk all over anita the, well yeah <laughs> and it's based on a grain sack stripe design oh so it's that's beautiful. what i yeah so it was one i got to design for them Oh, yeah. I know you did a great job. I'm sure everybody remembers. And if you don't, uh, you can have a look at it, right? So it must be on the Dash and Albert. Um, it is, but I'll have a website. link. But it's, it's, I think it's called the Farmhouse Stripe Rug. Oh, wow. That's great. What sizes does it come in? I, I'll have to look, but I think it comes in just whatever size your heart desires. Oh, wow. I didn't know they did. They were like that, bespoke like that, like we are. (laughs) Just about any size. That's right. Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on the Annie Silky website, but we'll we'll give the actual link to the rug so you don't have to, you know, fumble about to find it. Okay, good. Congratulations. That's really well done. Yeah, thank you. How exciting. So yeah, so we talked about, uh, you know, stage one of collecting and then stage two, you're curating. And then, you know, there's the taking care of things. If it's something that is of value, obviously you want to take good care of it and know Mm -hmm. how to treat the items. Um, Our things that we're using as examples are pretty easy. You just don't want to really drop them, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing too special, but you could be uh, collecting something that has to be treated in a certain way. Um, and I think it's also, even though I'm telling you, I'd like to show my little picture, uh, pictures in a, on moss in a big collection, because I think that has more oomph. Not everything should be displayed that way because, you know, not everything is white and just kind of fades away a little bit. Um, so you might want to consider rotating the things out. So you I was can just going to say them. that. Yeah. Well, and it, it just, that way you get to enjoy it all. If, if, if your collection is too large to display it all at one time, I think it's a great idea because if, for example, it's dishes, then you get to enjoy. I like to do one set for a while and then I get bored with them and then I switch to another set that we get to enjoy. So I really like the idea of rotating. Or if it's even displayed, you, you're you not going to get bored with it because you're going to see something new all the time. So you might even put a rotation schedule out there for your things. And I think that's a fun way to enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it takes away from a lot of things, especially if something is very intricate or very colorful, if there's too much going on. So here's something very practical. And again, you know, I'm not going to take out a separate policy on my little white pictures that cost me, you know, between two and $5. But if you're collecting something that is of value, or even if you're given a collection that is not to your liking, in that you would want to display it in your home, but now you've been given it, or you've inherited it, or you stumbled upon it at a, a sale and you decided this might be a deal and you bought it. It's a really good idea to investigate as to what the value might be. I was just very surprised by something that I have had in a box for quite some time as to what the value of it is. It's not even something I really like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I was uh, doing research on it uh, and and poking around and I was completely blown away by what this thing, uh, it's a, it's a coffee pot was really worth. Um, you know, I don't know. Quite the divvy today. Yeah. Well, somebody could say it's worth anything, but you know, until, you know, it's like you could ask anything for your house. It's who's what somebody's going to pay for it. So who knows? But 
it was just another example to me of the fact that you you really need to research stuff that you come upon, you know, because every everybody can have a ro- uh, antique roadshow moment. And so if you're get especially if it's a collection. So if you're given a collection, you inherit, you find one, check it out, see what the value may or may not be. And maybe if it's not of a very high value now, maybe if you if you do store it, if you're if it's not to your liking, and maybe in 20, 15, 20 years, it is going to really be worth something. Again, something I read while we were I was researching for this is somebody who collected um, the the Disney uh, paraphernalia, you know, like all the original dolls and things like that. They have this gigantic collllection, and it is it is worth millions of dollars. Oh. Well, so that, that does bring up something. If you have a collection, I highly recommend you write, maybe it's not a formal inventory, but just some notes about it. And if it's worth something, because, you know, somebody who's inheriting it might not know the difference between sterling silver and silver plate or whether it's from this special right. manufacturer. I would definitely make some notes for whoever inherits your things so that they know Oh, well, this maybe has some family history or something. If you had, if it has some special, maybe it's not worth much money, but it has some special value to your family because of some role that it played. You want to write all that down so that future generations can enjoy it and, and understand what it was and go, oh, well, we need to keep this because this was Uncle Joe's da da da. Right, right. And taking all of that one step further, it doesn't hurt to get an appraisal of something if you don't know, if you can't find it anywhere on the internet or it doesn't seem like it's exactly the same thing. You can have an appraiser come. I don't even know if they would charge. It might be somebody who would come and appraise it and maybe they would be in the market to purchase it from you. No, so no, no. Wait a minute. Let me stop you right there. Okay. Do not have, do not do that. Do not do what? Not have it appraised? Do No, do not. You need to do not get a free appraisal or do not have an appraisal from somebody who might want to buy it because they oh, good have, point. Yeah. They have a vested interest to say it's worth less than it is. Right. Right. So if you want it appraised, I would pay an appraiser to appraise it. That's and a good do idea. Do not sell it to that person. Right. That's and just a good make point. it clear from the beginning I am not selling this to you because that you're going to get a better number than if the person then says, no, I would like to buy you. Exactly. Pay for this from right. you. I'd like to buy it from you. Anyway, You're that's my so thoughts You're so shrewd. Anita. Oh, that was well. so smart of you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They'd you know. be like, is this really worth $10? So yeah, or maybe get, you know, do what you would do if you're getting a roof put on. Get three estimates. Get three appraisals. Exactly. And yeah, see- now you can ask people, what would you pay? What would you like to buy? The, you know, if you're interested in selling it and then talk to several people. But All right. You know, you may be getting three bum steers too. You just never know. You got to be, you know, got to have all your wits about you. Bring Anita with you if you're going oh. to crazy. <laughs> but even like, yeah, and, and on eBay, it really just kind of depends on who's looking at it that day. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder about that whole thing with stuff that's really of value. Uh, another idea is, uh, you know, again, along these same lines, if it's something that you may not be displaying or even if you are, take photos oh, and keep great them idea. somewhere and scan in the bill of sale. And, and, take- or, or, and any notes there, you can put your notes. Right. So, other. you know, just keep a file of that sort of thing. And if you say you had a book collection or you were gifted a book collection and you're not really sure of the value 
And God forbid there's some sort of flood or fire or something destroys those items. Maybe they were of value, but you didn't know. But if you took the time to get the appraisals, you maybe had the photos, you had uh, any kind of information. If, if you purchased on the bill of sale, then you could show to your insurance company, hey, you know, this this had some value. Certain items you may have to have a, a different sort of policy, like for jewelry or something like that. But, you know, obviously that is you'd have to get down to the actual item and investigate what you need for each one. But so these are just generalized tips about not only how to collect, uh, to do it the right way, but also to protect your investment or your inheritance of something that might be a valuable collection. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, you know, what is also valuable to collect is um, bespoke items because Mm -hmm. bespoke decor.store, you know, we are kind of um, small batch-ish in a sense because we we make things and we might not have them all the time. Uh, We kind of rotate things in and out. So it's good to pop into the shop, uh, you know, every now and again and see what we've got going on there. We're ramping back up for the new year and we um, released what I like to call the cougar collection. I just crack myself up every time I say that. <laughs> but it's a um, an animal print collection of pillows, which I bought myself. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I used my employee discount and I bought them for myself mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I love them. And we have them in the gray tones and also blue tones. So if you haven't seen the cougar collection, rare, I suggest you head over there and check <laughs> it out. Uh, and something else we've been checking out is our listener, Tiffany F's basement. We've been spending time in Tiffany's basement in Canada. Hi, Tiffany. Yeah. She, Tiffany, awesome email. Thank you. Terrific pictures. And mm-hmm. Tiffany enjoys mid-century, which I really love that she enjoys mid-century and mm-hmm. she listens to us and we talk about this French stuff and these Berger chairs and, you know, farmhouse glam. But see, Tiffany, she's t- taking the tips and she's making them her own and she's working yeah. our tips into her mid-century decor mm-hmm. and that's fabulous. So she mm-hmm. sent us a picture of her upstairs to know what she, you know, her house, she wants her house or loves right. this part of her house that looks like mm-hmm. she doesn't love what's going on in the basement. And I'll tell you guys why. Mm-hmm. You need. A, you want to tell why? Why doesn't Tiffany like the basement? <laughs> the, well, and it's you know the basement. It's a large area, it's large. covered wall to wall with a very bright red carpet. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And she's not into the red, but yeah, it's red. There's no other term for that. It's just red. But I had an apartment with. A red rug just like that, Tiffany. I mean, it wasn't. There was a time. There was a time. I would have been so jealous. Well, in law school, I had to move into this apartment, um, sort of, you know, it was kind of like last minute. Something fell through, and then I had to go into this other apartment, and it had um, red carpeting. And, you know, I was in law school, and I was living there by myself, and I I just kind of put all my stuff down, and it was just so horrendous because nothing I had went with that red carpet. But mm-hmm. Tiffany. Well, been- it's a, I, it's definitely a strong color that, you know, not everything works with that. Not everything works with mm-hmm. that. But I, the way Tiffany's working it, let, you want to describe um, what you see in the pictures, Anita? Well, I, again, it's a basement area. There's a, a neutral sofa. I'm not looking at the picture right now, but it's a very contemporary table. And I don't know what those chairs are called, kind of plastic bucket chairs with the metal the Ames legs. Chairs. What are they called? Ames chairs. Ames chairs. Ames chairs. And it's 
it's got kind of a contemporary or maybe you would say more of a mid-century modern yeah. feel mm-hmm. um, to the room. But I know she's on a limited budget. Can't replace the carpet. Well, also, she says her kids do gymnastics down there and mm-hmm. this all kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, Tiffany's, I pulled up the photo. So, Tiffany has, it's a low ceilinged basement, as people can imagine. It's a real basement with just those little sort of transom-sized windows. So, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of natural light in there. And um, Tiffany says she did start to try to paint the walls a gray color, but she was concerned that that the rug was bringing out just the wrong tones in the gray. And I, I think you're right. I think, Tiffany, at the end of the day, there's no way to slay that rug. Like, it, we're going to have to just work with it, not work against it, and not have anything else really competing with it. Because in my own personal experience and seeing what you've got there, I, you just – it's hard to work around it. You just have, we're going to have to work with it. And I think that, that you've done a great job to this point, for sure. Tiffany has a fireplace in her basement, which is really cool. And she painted the, this matte black and she's got. Really, it was a nice touch. It, it's such it, a nice touch. It was a great idea to do that. Yeah. And she's got the, like a shelving unit next to it and she's got logs like on the, so you're seeing the cut end of them and it looks just so cool. And it's really downplaying the, I'm just to be honest, like the cheese factor of the red rug. And it's almost mm-hmm. making it like look super cool. Like I'm saying you're mm-hmm. kind of, I, I mean, you're this close to being super cool in this basement. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, one thing you could do, although I think she's saying this is, wouldn't work for her, is to just pull it up and stain the, if it's concrete, you could just stain yeah. it. Right. But it, but if, it, you know, that's, that's probably what I would do unless you really need the carpet for the kids. Right. I, yeah. I, and I agree. And I did that. I stained the, my concrete in my barn myself. Peter and I did it. And I can t- explain to you, Tiffany, what we did. And it really wasn't hard and it doesn't take that long. But, you know, that would mean taking up the carpet. There's, if there's not padding under it, it's probably glued on. You know, there's going to be a lot of process. So if that's not what's happening right now, uh, I think you just kind of go with what's going on there and work with it. Um, I would suggest if you can, putting a, a large tree down there, even if you have to go faux, I think giving some height and some an organic feel, even if it's a fake tree, could really help, in, particularly in that corner where you've got the um, the table and the chairs. And I think that you can soften the lighting. It Maybe it's just in the photo, but the light bulbs in that uh, chandelier look super, super like bright white. Maybe I would soften the lighting a little bit or put it on dimmers. You need something more, uh, some more texture coming up somewhere, you know, because there's just so much, the focus is so much on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Well, I would probably, it's like, okay, I agree with you that that rug is so, such a strong color. There's no getting around it. There's no ignoring it. It's there. It's the elephant in the room. You, It's kind of the, if you can't beat them, join them. So when yes. you have something like Good that, point. that you don't like, but it's just not working, but you cannot, for whatever reason, change it out, you've got to just make it look like that was planned. So although I don't recommend adding more room to the re- red to the room, I would suggest <laughs> st- adding bold colors. 
because I think you want to kind of make it a bold color room. And then the red's going to feel like, yeah, that kind of, you know, it was, it was on purpose. It makes sense. So maybe some large canvas artwork with contemporary artwork with lots of color on it. Like I said, jewel tones. And then I would do jewel tone throws and pillows on the sofa, you know, just a lot of color in the room, saturated colors, but not the red. And so the red will kind of look like a backdrop for all these other colors. And I think that, and because it's down, it's your basement. It's kind of where the kids are playing. I mean, why not add some bold colors and make it kind of a, just a fun room? Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. I was thinking, you know, pops, small pops of red around the room. But, you know, now that you say that, you could bring in other colors. Now, I'm not a big primary color girl, so maybe you bring well, in I'm something not that's primary. like primary. Not primary, you know? jewel tones, jewel yeah. tones. Yeah, I like that. And I think maybe definitely- some lavenders, some pinks, some blues, Ooh, some purples. Yeah. 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 And I think a big piece of art would be I great. wouldn't even necessarily do a limited color palette in here because look, it's like, you know, the lion's out of the cage. You know, it's not going, you know, it's not going back. Right. So the bright color is there. So I just, you want to make it look purposeful. And so I would add some more. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't add the red. Just the other colors. Yeah, I wouldn't add the red. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, and I think the wood furniture, first I was thinking maybe she should paint the wood furniture, but I, that's not going to do anything. You're not going to notice the wood furniture. (laughs) You're going to notice. Color is the theme of this room. I would just go with it. So have some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this was fun. So fun. I know. And I always love the reader questions, listener questions. If you have a question, please email it to us, decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. We'd love to read your question on the podcast and answer it for you. Or if you have tips, send those to us too. We we share those on the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this January day. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. 